Hi, this is Shiva Raman again from Johns Hopkins University. So let's continue our discussion of transitional cell carcinoma by talking about a topic that's near and dear to our hearts at Johns Hopkins, and that's bladder cancer. Now, bladder cancer is the fourth leading cause of malignancy in men and the tenth leading cause of malignancy in women. So this is a very common malignancy with, you know, roughly 60,000 new cases every year and 13,000 deaths every year. Now, the vast majority of bladder TCCs or bladder cancers tend to be TCCs, although once in a while you'll come across a squamous cell carcinoma or an adenocarcinoma. Now, the vast, vast majority of bladder TCCs tend to be superficial and have a pretty good prognosis. But if for some reason these tumors become metastatic, the prognosis is far, far worse, with a survival at about, of about 5% in two years. Now, I think one of the reasons we at Johns Hopkins are so interested in the idea of bladder TCC is that I think CT is a much better modality for the identification of bladder cancer than most radiologists think. If you look at the data in the literature, including the study done in radiology back in 2008, the sensitivity and specificity of bladder cancer are much better than one would suppose. Now, again, I, I'm not here to argue that CT is the best modality for the evaluation of bladder tumors. Of course, cystoscopy is by far going to be the gold standard for evaluating bladder TCCs. But nevertheless, if we as radiologists just simply assume that we can't identify bladder tumors on CT, and as a result, we just ignore the bladder on our CT examinations, that's just asking for trouble. I can't tell you how many bladder tumors I've seen missed, not only at other institutions, but at Hopkins as well. So you've got to pay close attention to the bladder on every study, particularly in cases where the bladder is well distended. Now, one of the reasons why I think bladder cancers are easier to identify than one would suppose is because of the enhancement of most bladder TCCs. If you look at this study done in radiology back in 2004, they found that about 17 of 20 bladder tumors enhanced maximally up to about 100 Hounsfield units at the 60-second scan delay and then washed out slowly thereafter. So in other words, these lesions do tend to be relatively hypervascular in their early phases, whether it's the arterial or venous phases, with slow washout thereafter. And for that reason, if you have a good, well-distended bladder with unenhanced urine within the, within the bladder lumen, that's probably your best shot at picking up a bladder TCC. Now, that's one of the reasons why we at Hopkins have organized our CT protocols the way they are. We acquire arterial phase images, typically at around 30 to 35 seconds, and we ask the patient to take in about 1,000 cc's of water prior to the study and not to urinate prior to the study. That, in, that ensures that you get pretty good bladder distension. The bladder is filled with unopacified urine, really highlighting subtle foci of bladder nodularity, bladder wall thickening, or bladder hyperenhancement. Now, the findings of a bladder cancer are pretty much what you'd suppose. You're going to look for asymmetric, focal, nodular wall thickening, usually that's relatively hypervascular on the arterial phase images. Now, anytime you're confronted with a bladder that's decompressed, I would be a little more reticent to go out on a limb and say that there's focal bladder wall thickening. And moreover, if I see diffuse bladder wall thickening, that's almost never going to be a cancer. Almost always that's inflammatory or infectious in patients with cystitis, maybe the result of a neurogenic bladder, or in some patients you can see this as a result of chronic bladder outlet obstruction from prostatomegaly. Of course, if I see a focal mass, a filling defect, or even a focal area of nodular thickening with calcification, those are all highly suspicious features that should suggest the presence of a bladder tumor. I'd say in general, if you're suspicious, you may not always be right. Some of these patients are going to go to cystoscopy and they're not going to find anything. But as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing wrong with that. This is a screening examination, and if you're suspicious, I think the best thing to do is to recommend cystoscopy. 
So here's an example illustrating the hyperemia that, are off, that is often associated with bladder cancers. There's a focal, nodular soft tissue mass in the posterolateral bladder on the left, and you can see that there's subtle neovascularity and hyperenhancement associated with the mass, which isn't really appreciable on the delayed phase scan. Here's another example. Focal thickening in the right anterior bladder wall. Notice how the bladder urethelium is focally hyperenhancing in association with the mass. Very, very common when you're dealing with bladder tumors. Here's yet another example. Focal wall thickening along the right lateral aspect of the bladder wall with focal areas of nodular hyperemia. That hyperemia, I think, is incredibly important to look for, and that's why the arterial phase is the best possible phase to evaluate the bladder. Now, I think it's important to note that we as radiologists all too often just tend to disregard the bladder when it's decompressed. We assume that you can't make a diagnosis if the bladder is decompressed. Now that may be true in some cases, but that's not an excuse for not evaluating the bladder in every single case where it's on the scan. I've diagnosed plenty of bladder tumors on pa in patients where the bladder isn't well distended at all. And you're gonna, I promise you, if you look at the bladder in every case, you are going to catch bladder tumors every few months. Now here's an example again where the bladder is relatively decompressed and you can see a focal nodule along the anterior margin of the bladder wall. Notice again that there is some very, very subtle nodular hyperemia associated with the mass. Now I think it's important when you're evaluating the bladder that you not solely rely on the source axial images. If you look at this case, if you're just looking at the axial images alone, it actually looks pretty normal. In fact, I don't see anything at all. But then you look carefully and you realize there's asymmetric hydronephrosis on the right, the ureter is dilated all the way down to the right UVJ, and if you look at the images in the coronal plane, there's actually asymmetric bladder wall thickening all along the right lateral margin of the bladder. All too often, wall thickening can be very difficult to pick up on the axial images, particularly wall thickening at the level of the bladder dome and along the inferior margin of the bladder. So I always make it a point in my practice, every case where I'm evaluating the bladder, not only do I look at the source axial images, but I try to look at both the coronal and the sagittal planes as well. And of these, I actually think the coronal plane is the best possible reconstruction to catch those subtle foci of bladder wall thickening. Now here's another example which illustrates the importance of looking at calcification. When I see calcification in the bladder wall, that's never normal. That has to be considered as potentially suspicious for malignancy, particularly when there's associated bladder wall thickening or nodularity. And in this example, you can see that there's nodular hypervascularity associated with that area of abnormality in the bladder wall, and there is some subtle bladder calcification. That turned out to be a TCC. Now, unfortunately, some of these bladder tumors can just be incredibly subtle. Here's a small one that was actually missed several times uh, over several different studies until someone finally noticed that there was just subtle nodular wall thickening along the right lateral margin of the bladder and that was ultimately found to represent a transitional cell carcinoma on cystoscopy. You have to have a very high index of suspicion. A lot of these tumors can be difficult to identify, but if you're thinking about the possibility of a bladder TCC, again, I promise you, you're gonna catch several of these cases every year. Now, I think it's important to remember that when you're evaluating a CT urogram, TCC is, one of a few, is only one of a number of different diagnoses that you could potentially encounter that are diagnosable on imaging. You're going to find abnormalities at the level of the kidney, the bladder, the ureter, or even other portions of the urinary tract. So I'd say that the most important diagnoses that you potentially could make on a, on a CT urogram, in addition to a transitional cell carcinoma, would include renal cell carcinoma, ureteral stones, infectious cystitis, urinary tract infections, pyelonephritis, and other 
vascular malformations. Now, in particular, our CTRography protocols are designed to really evaluate for all of these different possibilities. Now, we acquire images in the non-contrast, arterial, venous, and delayed phases, and I think that maximizes your ability to pick up subtle renal cell carcinomas. Oftentimes, I've seen cases where patients present with hematuria, and the only abnormality is a subtle one-centimeter RCC that's really difficult to visualize in all but just one of the phases. By having all of these phases at your disposal, you're going to maximize the chances that you pick up that subtle tumor. Now, the non-contrast images, on the, other, on the other hand, are incredibly useful for picking up subtle intrarenal stones, those, particularly those that are non-obstructive. By identifying those subtle stones in a patient with no other abnormalities, potentially at least you offer an explanation for the patient's hematuria. I'd say the abnormality that I most often see in patients with hematuria, particularly patients coming out of the emergency room, is cystitis or other forms of urinary tract infection. When I see extensive, diffuse bladder wall thickening with perivesicular fat stranding and induration, I'm going to raise the possibility of infectious cystitis, and I'm going to recommend that the patient undergo a urinalysis. Oftentimes, you're going to see diffuse bilateral ureteral wall thickening and hyperenhancement. And when you see that, that kind of abnormality that's diffuse, again, you have to think about the possibility of an ascending urinary tract infection that usually begins at the level of the bladder. And then finally, by having those multiple phases, you also increase the chances of picking up subtle cases of pyelonephritis, which are almost always going to be most visible on the delayed excretory phase images. Finally, I'm increasingly seeing vascular etiologies as a cause for patients with hematuria. I've seen just in the last few months maybe three or four cases of patients with renal AVMs, which were only visible when you looked really careful on the arterial phase images. And we've also seen a few cases where patients have presented with hematuria as a result of small renal artery aneurysms. That's one of the reasons why the arterial phase can be so important to include as part of your standard CTRography protocols. So in summary, Hopefully I've given you a sense that having the right CT urography protocols are absolutely vital in terms of identifying TCCs and the myriad different causes of hematuria that can be encountered on a CT scan. If you don't have the right protocols in place, if you're not using up-to-date urography protocols, you're not going to make many of these diagnoses. Secondly, I think there's too much of a tendency amongst all of us as radiologists to think that the most important phase is the delayed phase. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, the delayed phase is the least important. The most important phase by far is the arterial phase. It gives you the best chance of picking up subtle tumors as a result of thickening and hyperemia in the ureters and within the bladder. Finally, I think all too often when we're evaluating these studies, we get tunnel vision. We assume that the only cause of hematuria is a TCC and that everything else is irrelevant. Frankly, there are probably dozens of different causes of hematuria, many of which are identifiable on a CT scan, and that's one of the reasons why having a full four-phase urography protocol can be absolutely vital for making the right diagnosis. So thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys again soon. Bye.